0: Brynn, Cantus, Rosemary, and Awumbasa come to the edge of the woods to find an entrance choked with moss and brambles, but it appears to have been recently trodden. They enter cautiously and find a figure standing in the middle of the pathway ahead of them. Trepidatiously, they near the figure to find that it has been impaled upon a spear, the point sticking out through the victim's mouth and the end driven into the ground. They examine the body and discover that the victim is, indeed, a dragon cultist. Bryn pries a ring from the hand of the dead that resembles a crown with five points, each painted a different color. Rose and Cantus hear the grinding of stone on stone to their right and look to find an offshoot from the main path dimly illuminated by a torch. A figure in a tattered gray cloak stands with its back towards the group. It stands before an altar. Upon the altar lies a beheaded human in the same regalia as the impaled man. The gray cloaked figure speaks. Yes, warm speaker. Tell me more. Cantus immediately feels the urge to smote the evildoer, but before he can act, Rosemary approaches and politely asks the figure, If he can help her locate the cult that they were searching for. The old man turns around to reveal that he is grinding bone into dust and adding it to a wax skull. He reaches into his cloak and produces a human skull and drops it to reveal that it is attached to a chain which he begins spinning. The skull's eyes begin to glow a sickening blue color. Our heroes defeat the old man and his skeleton minions and see a small path through the woods in the back of the grove. They pass five stone statues resembling different colored dragons. In the distance, they hear the frantic yelling of a woman and the splashing of water. As a Wimbasa pushes branches aside, she discovers another larger grove lined with stone posts. A river runs through this grove from north to south, and a woman maniacally laughs as she slits the throat of another dragon cultist. She dumps the body in the river and turns towards you. You are too late, fools. The treasure is gone. Now, in our hands, you have been defeated. The woman held a black shield with a white hand emblazoned on the front. Battle ensued and the woman was defeated. The group presses on through the woods and Cantus decides to follow the river through the forest. The river leads to yet another larger grove. A black cloaked figure stands above an altar with a man lying prone, screaming for his life. Please don't kill me. I I don't know where they are. Please, my queen, save me. No one can save you now. Be sure to scream as you enter the embrace of death. It welcomes you with open arms. The cloaked figure says in response as he liberates the man's fingers from his hand and drinks the spurting blood. The cloaked figure notices the emerging party and quickly slits the man's throat and engages in battle as yet another cloaked figure appears at the forest's edge. After a long fought battle the two were killed and Bryn approaches the corpse of the dragon cultist to pilfer another ring but notices that he has a scroll clutched in his hand. The scroll reads, Head to the bathhouse in Baldur's Gate and retrieve our queen's stolen treasure. The bathhouse is located in the northern portion of the city. It has a walled garden and frolicking nymphs carved into its gate. If Duke Van Thamper thinks she can use our queen's treasure to buy the loyalty of the Cult of the Dead Three, she is sorely mistaken. We'll be looking for you in Baldur's Gate when I arrive. Bring the treasure to me, or Eltus will come for you." Warm Speaker Rezmir A decision is made to return to Elturel to regroup and notify the rest of the patrol what they have found. Dusk falls as you walk the road back to Elturel. You can see the city in the distance, about a mile away. You can see the other patrols arriving at the gates. The flaming fist seems to have captured some dragon cultists. Ravengard rides at the front of the company with the prisoners in tow. The contingency of Hellriders led by Gideon and the Order of the Gauntlet pass through the gates. Suddenly, the earth beneath you begins to tremble. You hear screaming, the screaming of thousands. And that is when everything goes silent. Your ears ring as if deafened by some tremendous noise. In the distance, you can see something horrifying and unnatural, with many of the buildings igniting the entire city of Eltero along with the companion tearing itself from the earth, rising up into the sky, 50 feet, 100 feet, thousands of feet. A giant inferno rages hundreds of meters high from the hellish opening beneath the city. From this distance, you can just make out citizens leaping from the edge, plummeting into the inferno. Within the Inferno, giant iron posts come rising from the depths, higher and higher until they meet the elevation of Elturel. Massive, black, flaming iron chains affixed to the tops of these posts fasten themselves to the edge of the floating mode of Earth. Gigantic lightning strikes blast down from the companion above the city, but all you hear is silence, and the city begins to sink, dragged into the Inferno, first slowly, but then picking up speed and then just falling from the sky. You catch one last glimpse of the surface, not only filled with the trapped and frantic Elturians, but with horrors. Black and red horned figures tearing people limb from limb, armored mounted knights in black and other unspeakable things. The city of Elturel is swallowed by the fire, and before you can blink, it's gone. Only a hole where the city once stood and the faint smell of sulfur. The screams linger in the air as a scorched rainbow scar flutters helplessly in the wind as darkness falls upon the land.